So good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion on this sixth Sunday of Easter. A few announcements before we begin our worship. First, a thank you for all who helped with the church cleanup day yesterday morning. Uh, Able to make quick work of it with many hands, so thank all of you. Thanks to all of you who showed up and helped. Uh, Also, you'll notice that newsletter articles are due today, so if you have anything for the June newsletter, make sure it gets to Mary or to Rose. You'll also notice in the bulletin that Zion and Lima is hosting a reception in a card shower for Pastor Bob Gibson next Sunday in celebration of his 50th year in ordained ministry. Uh, So they're going to present cards to him next Sunday during their service. So you're invited to send a card of congratulations to Pastor Gibson uh, and send that to Zion and they will deliver it to him. Uh, Also, just a quick reminder, today is our last day of Sunday school. However, adult Sunday school will still meet beginning on June 12th um, and we'll meet in our same kind of summer format that we did last year where we will discuss the Sunday's readings together. Uh, Prayer requests this morning. Uh, First, please keep in your prayers the family of Jeanette Skidmore, who is Jessica Shad's grandmother. Uh, She was laid to rest yesterday. Keep that family in your prayers. Also, the Davis family. You may have seen that Boyd Davis passed away earlier, earlier this week. So keep the Davis family in your prayers. Uh, ben, of course, continue to keep Walt and Barb and all the Paxons in your prayers as they continue to grieve and mourn the loss of Hunter. Are there other prayer requests for us this morning? Other things we need to know? Well, I'll invite you to take a moment to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we prepare to worship and listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives of sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By all we have done and by all we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. God, you gather your people into your realm, and you promise us food from your tree of life. Nourish us with your word, that empowered by your spirit, we may love one another in the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from Acts. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Nepolius, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, 
she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The word of the Lord. Now we will have the Psalm 67. The second reading is from Revelation. And in the spirit, one of the angels carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God, its is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never, its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, 
Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you to come forward. All right, I know it's the end of the school year, and you've had probably some final tests, or you're looking forward to some final tests and quizzes and wrapping up the year, so I figured why not just add to it, and I'm going to give you a quiz today. All right, so I'll give you a quiz about, about our service, actually. Uh, during our service, right after the prayers that we do, the prayers of the church, the prayers of the people, uh, I always say, or the pastor always says, the peace of the Lord be with you always. And then what's your response? And also with you. Good. You all knew that, right? Good. A plus. All right, you pass. Um, yeah, the peace of the Lord be with you. And then we say also with you. And then what happens? What do we do next? Well, typically then, we'll get up and we'll greet one another, right? And hopefully people will shake your hands or maybe even hug you and say something like, peace, peace of the Lord be with you, peace of Christ with you, something like that, right? Right? We're on the same page, you know that happens, yeah. Um, here's the thing. Sometimes people see that moment in the service as just a time to say hello, time to greet one another, to shake hands, to be friendly. And that's good, but that's not what that part of the service is really about. The key to that part of the service is that word peace. Right, peace. And peace is a really important word in the Bible. All right. How would you define peace? Yeah, that's how most people define it, right? I think that's how most of us think of peace is there's no fighting, there's no war, there's no violence. And for the Bible, that's part of it. But when the Bible uses the word peace, it means something even bigger than that. It means not only is there no fighting, but it also means that we're now friends. right? We now share something together. We now live in harmony together. We live in goodness together. right? That's what peace in the Bible means. It doesn't just mean, no, there's no fighting. It means we're truly getting along. We're truly friends with one another. Okay, so in that moment in the service, when we're saying peace to one another, right, we're not only saying, hey, I'm not fighting with you. Right, we're also saying to one another that we live together, right, that we live in God's peace together. So we're reminding one another 
that not only do we get along, but that all of us gets along with God. God gets along with us. Right? God is now truly our friend. God lives with us in harmony, with peace and goodness. And so we take that moment in the service to remind each other of this truth, right? that we live in peace. And in that moment in the service comes right from our gospel reading this morning. Because in our gospel reading, Jesus says to his disciples, peace, I leave with you. Peace. Jesus gives peace to his disciples. And what he's really saying there is that we are forever friends. We're forever together. We can't be separated. Not only we're we not fighting, but we're living together in harmony. So peace, right? So all of you together, if I say, the peace of the Lord be with you always. Thank you all. Let's pray. Lord, teach us to live in your peace and to share your peace with others. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our gospel reading this morning, Jesus begins to tell us about the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I think that in the Lutheran church, we often have a hard time talking about the Holy Spirit. We don't quite know the language, we don't quite know the role of the Holy Spirit in our faith and how to talk about his role in our faith. We know that for some churches, the Holy Spirit becomes the bringer of enthusiastic emotional experience. Right? In some other churches and other denominations, the Holy Spirit is really only talked about as the one who just transforms lives and leads believers into holy, victorious living, and that's shown by, again, some enthusiastic experience. And so Lutherans, as, I know, as you know, of course, are hesitant to equate emotional experiences with the work of the Holy Spirit. We often shy away from his care for us because we don't quite know what to think of the Holy Spirit apart from that emotional experience. And so this is where our gospel text can really help us begin to understand some ways to talk about the Spirit in our lives. So the editors of the lectionary chose to begin this, morning, this morning's reading right in the middle of a paragraph. So it might be helpful to hear more of the context to understand just what Jesus is saying to us and why he is talking about the Holy Spirit in this text. So in the bigger story, Jesus is addressing his disciples on the night in which he was to be betrayed, the night in which he was handed over to the authorities to be arrested. So in other words, this is some of the last teaching that Jesus is going to give to his disciples. And so looking at the context, starting in verse 15, Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. 
On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And then that picks up at verse 23, which began our reading this morning, where Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So one thing to notice in John 14 is that twice Jesus says to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. He will also say, Peace, I leave with you. In other words, Jesus is preparing the disciples for what is coming next. How is it that the disciples will get along after Jesus has ascended to the Father? Where will their comfort come from? Where will their courage in this world come from? How will anyone have faith after the ascension? The answer, Jesus tells his disciples, is the Holy Spirit. Jesus' disciples were not abandoned, they were not orphaned, after he returned to the Father. Rather, the Holy Spirit is to be there as their comforter. Whereas Jesus was present on earth for a short time with the disciples, he promised God through the Holy Spirit would be with them forever and would never leave them. And it's in this answer that we can begin to think about how we in the church can understand and talk about the Holy Spirit. Jesus names two titles, or he gives two offices for the Holy Spirit. He calls him first the Advocate, and then he calls him the Spirit of Truth. And it's in these two titles we begin to see who the Holy Spirit is for us. The word Advocate that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit is the Greek word paraclete. Some translations of the New Testament don't actually translate this word, and leave it as paraclete, but it's a word that literally means called alongside of. And it comes from the verb we would use as summon, as in summon someone in court to be a witness or a supporter of your case. And so a paraclete was someone who supported you and advocated for you in a court of law setting. In that sense, a paraclete provided comfort by confirming that your story was true. They provided you comfort by defending you, by keeping you company. And so I think we, be, we can begin to see why Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the paraclete or advocate. This is precisely how the Holy Spirit ministers to us as Christians. He's the one who walks alongside us through the trials of this world. In fact, Luther says we are not to look upon the Holy Spirit other than as a kind and friendly comforter and helper. So then knowing that the Holy Spirit is in us and with us as a friend and a comforter, we're encouraged to take courage in this world. We're encouraged to know that the very presence of God dwells in us and gives us the faith to know the goodness of Christ. St. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 8. He says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
St. Paul is telling us as an advocate, as a comforter, as a witness, as our supporter, the Holy Spirit is the one always praying for us. St. Paul says that even when we are weak, when we're going through trials in which we do not know how to pray, the Spirit is there praying for us. He is a witness for us. And of course, that is comforting news. Through any trial or any hardship in this life, we can be assured that as the people of faith, the Holy Spirit is praying for us, with us, and in us. He is praying the words that we need. He is bringing all of our needs before the Father as our advocate. And so you and I are never without prayer because the Holy Spirit is even now interceding for us. And you can see then how Jesus is comforting the disciples. Indeed, for them, hard times were coming. Trials were coming. Difficult questions were coming. But the disciples were never going to be without the presence of God because the Holy Spirit was there to comfort them. The second title in John 14 that Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit speaks to how the Holy Spirit brings comfort to our lives. Jesus, again, does not equate the Spirit's presence with an emotional experience. Instead, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth. And this, I believe, is the key to understanding how the Holy Spirit brings us comfort. The Spirit leads us to truth. That is, the Spirit leads us to the truth of the Word of God. Experiences, emotional responses, and so on, they're all subjective. They're all fleeting and shifting. And so we know we can't get lasting comfort from them. If we believe that we can get comfort from a mountaintop experience, we will soon find ourselves in some kind of valley. Instead, we receive everlasting comfort from the words of Christ, from the very truth of God. And this is how the Holy Spirit brings you comfort. He leads you to hear the word of God and he opens up your hearts to receive it faithfully. That means no one ever walks through these sanctuary doors by accident. Everyone who sits in these church pews was led here by the Holy Spirit. Your parents raised you in this church because of the Holy Spirit. When you moved to this community and sought out a Lutheran church or some other church, it was the Holy Spirit who brought you here. You woke up this morning with the conviction that you needed to come to worship. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. That's the fundamental comfort of the Holy Spirit. He wants to lead you to God's truth. He wants you to hear that good news that Christ died for you and that Christ has left peace for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings you to the word and he opens you up to it and to trust in it. For there's no greater comfort in this life than knowing that in Christ you are saved by God's grace alone. And likewise, the Holy Spirit promises to preserve you in your faith. He wants you to grow in your knowledge of the truth of the word, to deepen your trust in God's grace and mercy. And finally, the spirit of truth brings you to a knowledge, the truth of your own sinfulness. Very often, the Holy Spirit works through your guilty conscience, not for the sake of making you feel bad or demeaning you, but so that your heart will turn to God for forgiveness. 
that is where true comfort in this life is found. Turning to God for all of your needs. Turning to God for your forgiveness. We know that the devil also seeks to accuse you. The devil will make you aware of what a terrible sinner you are. But the difference is that the devil will accuse you to keep you away from God's word and God's people. It's Satan who tells you that you are too much of a sinner to be forgiven, that you're too much of a sinner to be in church. But the Holy Spirit works against this. The Holy Spirit shines light on your sins so that you will turn back to the promises of God. That is who the Holy Spirit is for us, always turning our hearts back to the Father's love for us. And so as Lutherans, we begin our language of the Holy Spirit with Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And both of these point to the same thing. God does not want you to live troubled in this life. And so he brings his spirit to you to bring you to faith and to trust in his word. When we hear God's word, when we hear the preaching of the spirit of truth to us, he guides us in this life, and he assures us that we are never alone. We put our faith in the Holy Spirit then in all challenges and all uncertainties of life because we know he does not abandon us. Rather, he advocates for us, prays for us, and walks with us. And so when we're discouraged, when we're anxious, when we're questioning, it's the Holy Spirit who leads us to the comforting words of the gospel. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right hand. Pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, our Heavenly Father, you never refuse the cries of your children. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we ask for your help and protection and for the good of our families, our neighbors, our rulers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our pastors and our overseers. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you have founded your church as a place of prayer beside the waters of holy baptism. Give your holy people hearts to hear your gospel message, lips to offer their prayers and faith, and readiness to give of themselves for your sake. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, keep your holy church undefiled from all that is false. Embolden pastors and ministers to guard her gates and to welcome those who draw near in faith. Bring the rulers of this world into your church to glorify her according to your good and gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. O God, giver and sustainer of life, in this time of planting, send seasonable and dry weather so that our farmers may work the fields and that we may receive the fruits of the earth. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, give wisdom to our leaders and government especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, that they may lead with integrity and according to your perfect will. Protect police officers, emergency personnel, disaster relief workers, and the members of our armed forces as they serve in our defense and for our well-being. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate Lord, direct and enrich the efforts of the faithful women of your church. Make them eager and wise in good work, serving the ministry of the church as faithful Lydia served the mission of St. Paul. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, you hear our prayers for the sake of your dear son, Jesus. In his name, we cast our burdens upon you, and especially those of all who are mourning the loss of Hunter and Jeanette, Boyd, and also Eli, Denny, Steve, Dick, Steve, Nancy, Kelly, Becky, Ray, Melissa, Marilyn, Landon, Nancy, Mike, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, and Barb. Sustain us and all of these that we ask in prayer in the midst of all trials and hear us as we cry out for the hope of your son's resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. 
Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
serve the Lord.